Welcome to Pullback, the podcast where we challenge ourselves to try something new in ethical consumption, and then we tell you what we learned, fuck-ups and all. I'm Kyla Hewson, and I'm here with Kristen Pugh. hey And this week, we're going to ruin Halloween. (laughs) Arguably everybody's favorite holiday, because it's the one time you can, like, have just unabashed fun and your family isn't arguing, which I feel like is what everyone gets stressed about with Thanksgiving and Christmas. (laughs) I don't know. I'm still a May 2-4 fan, personally, but yeah, Halloween's pretty good. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Halloween. So uh, let's, let's, let's start with our challenges, Kristen, because our challenge was to dress up as something ethical. Wait, we were supposed to dress as something ethical? I thought the costume was just supposed to be ethical. <laughs> Okay, yeah, sorry, I misspoke. The costume (laughs) is ethical. If it was an ethical theme, then bonus points. (laughs) I don't know if my theme is ethical, but I'm dying to know what you... Okay, so right now I can see Kristen uh, wearing, like, a yellow turtleneck and glasses, which you don't normally wear, I don't think. No. Yeah, if I stand up, I'm also wearing a skirt. Okay, okay. Are you, are you, okay, I'm gonna ask, are you Velma from Scooby-Doo? I sure am. I'm so glad you got it. (laughs) You look fabulous. Excellent. (laughs) Oh my god, we could have easily accidentally gone as the same thing, because I could totally see myself doing that. Okay, and I'm gonna turn the camera so you can see me. Ooh. I don't know if you'll be able to guess. It's very broad. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure I know what you are, but um once I'll just describe you to the listeners. So Kyla is wearing some sweet brown bell-bottom pants and some kind of high-heeled uh lace-up boots. She also has a like a loose-knit orange sweater with a yellow top underneath. Very fall colors happening. She also has some baby's breath attached to the side of her face, which <laughs> I suspect is very meaningful to the costume, but I do not get. Uh, And then she has a knit uh, toque. Are you like fall embodied or? (laughs) Oh, can I say that I am now? And that's my answer. I'm also wearing like glasses. Although these are prescription because last week I got prescription glasses. So I don't know if they count, but they do look like they go with the costume that I had in mind, which was uh, to go as like a 70s hippie. So nice. Yeah. (laughs) At first, I just saw the orange sweater with like, it's got like slightly brownish lines. And I was like, oh, did Kyla dress up as a hormone monster? <gasps> oh my God, that's so much better. Both of the things that you suggested are better than my lazy ass <laughs> idea. I was like, what do I have in my closet? <laughs> Me too. I was like, this this yellow sweater looks almost exactly like what Velma wears in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I mean, I guessed it on my first go, so <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah, I a hormone monster like from Big Mouth. What a delightful show that is. Or fall embodied. I think that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> Although 70s flower child is fun too. That's what the baby's breath is for. I'm like, oh. It's amazing. You're very rad. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The uh, I'm going to now undo the pants because they're a little bit too small. I'm going to take the glasses off because I can't really see, so. (laughs) Cool. All right. We also had, like, challenges related to our topic, so we decided to split the work on this one, and you were going to ruin decorations, and I was going to ruin candy. Wait a second. Oh, did we both do candy? No, I'm just fucking with you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Halloween, not April Fools. <laughs> also a good holiday. <laughs> Honestly, there was enough information on candy. I think it would have been fine if we'd both accidentally <laughs> done candy. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And candy, I feel like candy is a huge focus of Halloween, especially during COVID-19 when, like, we can't be having, unless you're in like the Atlantic Canada bubble or live in New Zealand, in which case, enjoy your Halloween parties. I hate you a little. Um, <laughs> but mostly like the only celebrating people will be doing is um, is trick or treating, really. Decorations and candy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have some sad news about candy, I'm sure. A lot of our regular listeners can guess what they're going to be. But Goddamn. <laughs> uh, did you do like a, did you do like a, a challenge for your decorations? I did, yes. Um, my ta- challenge was not super challenging, but I'm just going to show it to you because it involves a prop. Okay, cool. Ah! Uh, <laughs> you carved a pumpkin! And it's, you carved an owl into a pumpkin. Oh, and it looks like... Okay, so it looks like the owl eyes are like a jack-o'-lantern like it looks like a jack-o'-lantern to start and then i was like oh actually it's an owl what a clever like double carving you've done there (laughs) yes that was intentional and i'm not just a bad carver (laughs) (laughs) yeah my challenge was basically to i mean we'll talk about decorations in the episode but i thought okay i'll find a zero waste decoration and because jack-o'-lanterns like pumpkins have multiple uses Uh, The other aim was, like, to use the other elements of the pumpkin. So I toasted some pumpkin seeds, and I'm going to be making pumpkin puree, which I'm going to put into a chili. Nice! Cool! Yeah. I don't know why, but, like, as a kid, we always just threw away the inside of a pumpkin, and I literally thought it was, like, poisonous or something, that you couldn't eat it until embarrassingly recently (laughs) and then I was like oh you can eat it why would we always throw it away I don't get it but yeah sure it's probably because the inside of pumpkins feel kind of gross and also I don't think people in North America eat pumpkin very much like which I don't understand it's a it's a delicious gourd absolutely is it a gourd I I I I don't know I did not research that (laughs) I do not know very much about pumpkins it turns out What was your challenge? Um, I'm going to be making um, little goodie bags for my coworkers because obviously I live in an apartment. Well, not obviously. I live in an apartment building and trick-or-treating is not really on the table for me. Um, so I'm going to just build like, yeah, little little goodie bags for, for my coworkers and give them to them either on Halloween or the closest day I work to that day. So actually, don't you know what? I don't know why I'm saying this. I thought of another idea literally a couple hours ago that I forgot to write down. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bake the muffins and, and I'm going to put um like icing in the shape of a pumpkin on them. That's what I'm going to do. Look at you making muffins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huge growth from zero waste episode, Kyla. <laughs> I, I am a new person. This podcast has changed me, Kristen. <laughs> so I'm going to make my, my vegan banana muffins. Everybody loves them. And I'm going to put icing on them, orange icing. I'm going to try and make it look like a pumpkin. Pictures to come. Uh, lower your expectations. I've literally never painted anything with icing before. <laughs> don't know how I'm going to do it. I have no tools. <laughs> I don't think it matters what it looks like. Yeah, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, is it ethical to buy orange dye? Ugh, you know what? I'll figure it out later and I'll post about it. <laughs> Who knows, man? <laughs> I don't know anything about dye. Should we talk about decorations first or candy? I actually did prepare a little bit on costumes, so maybe we could start with that. Oh, I actually prepared a little bit on costumes, too. So perfect. High five. (laughs) High five. (laughs) 
So I also have like just a couple of quick general stats on on Halloween uh, because we actually spend quite a lot on Halloween. Oh, I think we wrote down the same stats. <laughs> so let's see if our stats match, uh, because I have written down that the average American spent $86 on Halloween in 2019. I saw that stat. Yeah. But what I wrote down was that uh, we spent $2.6 billion uh, on candy in 2018. Yeah. So candy is the second biggest segment of Halloween spending after costumes, and then decorations is sort of the third. Um, But they're all pretty close to being even. I also found that um, Halloween spending is projected to be half a billion dollars less this year. So last year it was $9 billion, and this year they're projecting it to be $8.5 billion. And I'm like, still seems pretty high. (laughs) Yeah. What are you spending that money on? I guess candy. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, nobody. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are going to have parties, even though they shouldn't. So that's true. In Ontario, people are kind of panicking about the pandemic, so maybe not so much. But yeah, you guys just went back into like nearly a full lockdown. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But you were going to say another stat, I think. Oh, no, I just uh, one of the articles that I found, and I don't know whether this is still true because it was from a few years ago, uh, but it said that Canadians actually spend more than Americans on Halloween per person. I mean, I believe that we fucking love Halloween up here. (laughs) I think it's because it's the last holiday before the weather gets really shitty, you know? Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Well, and also like... We get like a proper fall up here, so it's just really nice to have a reason to celebrate the beautiful changing colors of the leaves, and I like the smell of like the mulch they make and pumpkin spice, and it's chilly, so you get to bust out your sweaters. Ugh, I love this. I love I love October. It's my favorite. You can tell we've both <laughs> been out of Alberta for a little while because it's like fully winter mode there by Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> like six feet of snow. Ah, <laughs> suckers. <laughs> But yeah, um, there are lots of general guides out there on how to have an ethical Halloween. So one of the challenging things for me was to try to like put it together in a way that wasn't exactly the same as all of those articles. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think we both have some stuff on costumes. So I think it's probably fair to say we won't do as comprehensive a coverage on costumes as maybe we might have done if COVID weren't a thing. So next year, maybe we'll focus on costumes a lot more, but we've still got, I've got some stuff, you've got some stuff, we'll talk about it. Yeah, what I would love to see next year, if we are going to, actually, we should talk about costumes more in depth next year. I would love to get somebody on um, as a guest to talk about cultural appropriation and why don't do it (laughs) at Halloween. It's not cool, guys. Our prime minister got in trouble for that recently. (laughs) (laughs) Sure did. Which he has done an unspecified number of times, dressing up in inappropriate costumes. Yeah, he can't remember, (laughs) so (laughs) more than three at least. Um, Yeah, so what did you have on costumes? I'm curious. Oh, I wrote one sentence. I wrote, cultural appropriation is fucked. Buying a cheap polyester garment that will fall apart after a handful of uses that most people will only wear once before getting rid of, likely made in poor labor conditions. Bad, 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 bad. (laughs) That's what I wrote. (laughs) Yeah, you pretty much summed it up. (laughs) Check out our three-parter on the clothing industry if you want to know why. (laughs) Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about cultural appropriation, even though I think you're right. We should have a whole episode on it next year. But it's 
generally important to mention because if you look up ethics and Halloween costumes, like cultural appropriation is the big thing that comes up. It's I th- I would say actually even more than the sort of like fast fashion elements of Halloween costumes, cultural appropriation is something that people are really engaged in talking about. It's kind of I mean, I think there's like just a general instinct that people have around like what is or is not a gross costume to have. But I found a guide from York University's Center for Human Rights, Equity, and Inclusion. And I thought it might be helpful to go through the five questions that they suggest uh, people ask themselves before they pick a costume. Yes, please. That would be great. So the first one is, is my costume depicting and perpetuating a stereotype or stigma associated with a particular race, culture, or religion? Don't be the person that wears a sombrero. Don't go as another race. Next, uh, does my costume include a replication of a garment that is a significant component of a particular religion or culture of which I do not identify? Ooh, that's a good one. Next, is my costume depicting an historical time period where that look or costume is now considered offensive or discriminatory? I find this one kind of confusing, but I think they're saying, like, don't be a Confederate general. Don't dress as a Nazi. Yeah, don't dress as a Nazi. That's a really good example. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) We have enough of those as it is without costuming it at Halloween, too. Uh, Next, does my costume represent elements of a culture or cultural practice that is being commoditized for consumption? I think this is where, I mean, Trudeau's costume was a problem also because he was in brown face and you shouldn't depict like another race. You shouldn't be brown face. But I also think like wearing the sort of like Aladdin costume is problematic in a separate way. So I think that would be covered under this question. And then the last one is kind of a catch all. So even if you've said no to the other four questions, can I look in the mirror and confidently say that my costume choice would not be considered offensive to a particular race, ethnic origin, gender, or religion? That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, and I think the focus is on race a lot, but like there are other considerations too. Like you probably shouldn't dress up as somebody transgender if you're not. Yeah, I was just going to say like when when guys dress in drag and it's like don't don't do that. Yeah, unless you're like part of the drag community, in which case, you know, do you? Um, but yeah, yeah. Or, or if like, I think it depends on the context as well. If you're doing it as a bro thing because your bros are going to think it's funny, then maybe not. But if you're doing it because all of your gay friends wanted to do your makeup, then sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it. Yeah, it has something to do with the proximity to the culture that you're you're addressing, whether it's like um. Uh, LGBTQ culture or, you know, cultures around um, different ethnicities and religions. If you're outside of it, it, and if they're marginalized cultures, it's super problematic to sort of put on a costume because it presumes that like, first of all, it presumes that that rather than being sort of like an identity that somebody has and has to deal with every day, it's something you can sort of like take off. It also makes other cultures sort of othered or exotic, which Um, also places whiteness as normal, which is bad. And uh, it can also further harmful stereotypes, which in turn can perpetuate discrimination against groups. So there are lots of reasons not to culturally appropriate. Well said. (laughs) 
So um, I also had another theme, which you also, you talked about before um, with fast fashion and ethical costumes themselves. So let's assume you're dressing as something that's not offensive and you want to try to find a good costume. Uh, (laughs) The general advice is try to avoid buying a fast fashion costume, especially if you only plan to wear it once or twice. If it's something you might wear over multiple years, you can consider buying a costume for that, but otherwise try to avoid it. And uh, yeah, Kyla, you had mentioned a lot of the harms with costumes and ethics are the same problems that we have in the fast fashion industry. So like go back to our three-part series on clothing, listen to that for a good sort of articulation of the human rights and environmental problems. But even worse, because like fast fashion is designed to be worn a few times. Costumes are be, like, they're designed, they're so cheap. They're designed to be worn once. They fall apart, like in the middle of your party, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, a few strategies that you can take if you're trying to find an ethical costume. Uh, the first one is costume rentals. That can be a really good option if you need a look for a one-off event. Renting a costume is a really good way to get affordable short-term ac- access to really good pieces. A lot of the times these will be companies that usually outfit like movie sets and things like that. So you can get a super high quality costume that costs the same or, you know, sometimes even less than what you would get at the store. And you're not creating more waste because it goes back to the company, they can reuse it. And probably it's a lot higher quality. So it's a good option. Yeah, because they want to reuse it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, or Facebook costume swaps or like a costume swap with it. Maybe not this year, but <laughs> normally. Yeah. You could set up like a group costume swap. You got a bunch of kids. Maybe you're at your school. Everyone brings a costume. Everyone takes a costume. Yeah, you can costume swap for sure. Probably not this year. Um, yeah, don't do it this year. <laughs> you could probably still borrow from a friend this year, though. So if one of your friends is Halloween obsessed, they probably have costumes and props from previous years that they'd be happy to lend to you. Oh, shout out to my friend Kim, who would for sure be able to give me like one of 12,000 costumes. She, she She's a Halloween fan. My favorite costume that I've ever gone as was from borrowing. So my roommate at the time was really Halloween obsessed. And one of the things she had in her wardrobe was a Red Riding Hood thingy. Uh, And I, at the time, lived in a constituency that was always went liberal, which is the red party in Canada. But I went as a little red riding. (laughs) Uh, Is that your roommate who dresses her dog up as like a is like a pumpkin and stuff? Oh, I bet she loved that. She's very political, too. Yeah, she was Sharknado that year, um, which was, <laughs> is it was an incredibly wasteful costume, but also an amazing costume. It was so cool. <laughs> uh, the best costume I ever went as, I'm just going to say it, uh, since we're on the subject, and I'm really proud of it, and I still talk about it. I had, and it's also very, it was also pretty wasteful. I had a an owl onesie, so... I went dressed as an owl, uh, and I was wearing a fez, and I had my sonic screwdriver and a bow tie, and I was Dr. Hoot. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really proud of that one. (laughs) Oh, man. You know I love a good pun. So um, if if borrowing and costume rentals haven't worked, another option is to thrift a costume. Most thrift shops bring in huge selections for costumes around the Halloween time. I went into a thrift shop the other day and they definitely had their Halloween stuff out. So there are lots of options that you can try. 
Just a quick note, though, that some thrift shops will also bring in new Halloween stock. Value Village, looking at you. Yeah, absolutely. So just make sure that you're not buying that because otherwise you may as well go to the dollar store or whatever. Yeah, it's the same product. Yeah. So let's say you don't want to do that. Another option is to build a costume around items you already own. High five to us because we both did that. (laughs) (laughs) I went and bought these flowers, but now I've got a little bouquet of baby's breath on my desk. So, you know, it's just another win. Yeah. Last year I needed a costume and uh, I tried this approach mostly. So I had a lot of gray in my wardrobe. So I decided to dress as a rhinoceros. (laughs) And uh, that just involved sort of like taking a headband that I had and putting a horn and rhino ears on it. I still have it in case I want to use it again. Um, But I actually found out that on like Etsy, you can buy those like paper origami masks. So you could in theory be basically any animal as long as you've got clothing of the same color. So that's a super easy option if you're looking for that. Yeah, I didn't even think Mm -hmm. of that. If there's nothing in your closet, though, that speaks to you, another option is to build a costume with new items that you will use again in your daily life. So sometimes that can be like dresses that look um, something like something you want to dress up as, but you also would want to wear normally. Another example, I had a friend that needed to dress up as a peacock for an event and she used it as an excuse to buy the world's most outrageous peacock leggings. And uh, she still uses them. So you like try to build pieces that you know you'll you'll use in your everyday life. It's sort of the same way you you would think about building a conscious closet. Last tip: if you are making a costume, try to upcycle using items that you already have. And if you do need new materials, think about recyclability and try to avoid plastic where you can. Um, I think in the research notes, I have a quick how-to. F- for if you want to dress as the Mike Pence fly, so. Oh, yeah, you said you were going to do that, and I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I know. It, it seemed like a lot of work, and I already owned all this stuff, so. <laughs> and for, for listeners who maybe aren't as into American politics, uh, Mike Pence was making a speech, and a fly was buzzing around his head, and it turned into a meme? Am I wrong? I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It was sitting on his head for a full two minutes. <laughs> oh, man. So how would you do that costume? Um, it's pretty easy, like just dress up all in black and then um, you really just then need to make wings of some kind. And I found a like a how-to article that offers you different ways that you can do that. So one option is to make it out of cardboard, but there are a whole bunch of other options on this list. So you can do that. The internet is your friend on this one. Last tip. Um, When you're thinking about costumes and sustainability, remember that the makeup you're using in your costume also is relevant to that. So think about the environmental impact of your makeup and the human rights of your makeup and whether it's cruelty-free and things like that. One example, if you're using glitter, make sure to get biodegradable glitter because otherwise you will fuck up the environment. Don't do that. (laughs) Should we talk about candy now? Oh, boy. (laughs) So I I started with a fun fact. If you took all the candy that sold during Halloween week and turned it into a giant ball, it would be as large as six Titanics and weigh 300,000 tons. Shit. Yeah, we eat a lot of candy. I'm imagining that as like the world's giantest like gobstopper thing. Yeah, it's a lot of candy and it's just in that one week. So it's like the number one time of year that people buy candy along with like Easter. 
Okay, so my notes are pretty haphazard here. I had a I had a bit of a week, but for the <laughs> most part, there's a few reasons that candy isn't that candy is a problem. And I think the number one thing that people might think of when you think, oh, what's wrong with Halloween candy is it all comes individually wrapped in tiny little bars or little containers of like Smarties or whatever. And it's all plastic and it's not recyclable. I'm pretty sure that if you get the very few candies that come in the cardboard, the mini cardboard, those can be composted because cardboard is compostable, but they can't be recycled. You should also... They're too small. No? Okay. It depends on your your recycling facility in your area, but I think in Burnaby, where I am right now, I think they're too small. So it was a little bit complicated. So... To be safe, if you have a composting unit, that would be what my suggestion would be, or you can check into your uh, city recycling, or if you're feeling really hardcore, which I don't know if many people are, you can get a box from TerraCycle, at least in Canada. I don't know if they're global. They are, yeah. Uh, but they'll send you a box. Yeah, and you can fill you can fill it with like basically any type of wrapper, and they'll they'll recycle it. But a box to fill with candy wrappers, I saw a quote. It was like eighty six dollars or something. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. TerraCycle. Um, if you're if you live in like an apartment building or something, it might be worth trying to get like your apartment or your neighborhood or something to go in on one of those boxes. Um, you can really cut the costs. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I have no friends, so I didn't think about that. <laughs> no, or even like your kid's school if you're a parent, that might be an option. That's actually a really good suggestion. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down that like, yeah, yeah, it's hard to avoid the individually wrapped packaging because like you can give out baked goods to people that you know, but trick-or-treaters obviously, if they're getting something that's not sealed, they're going to throw it away. So trying to go zero waste is going to result in food waste if you're trying to give out candy. I found out while I was researching this that aluminum foil is recyclable and I'm the worst for not knowing that. (laughs) You just have to put it all into a ball and the bigger the aluminum ball, the more likely to be recycled. Ooh, who knew? Fun fact. How I uh, justify my Toblerone choices. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to buy enough Toblerones to make a giant ball of aluminum foil to recycle. I'm working on it. (laughs) And then, yeah, there's there's the candies that come in... Uh, the cardboard packaging, so like Junior Mints, Mike and Ike's. Uh, Mike and Ike's are actually vegan. If you don't mind eating a resin that's been scraped off a tree, that's the product of beetles who aren't necessarily harmed in the process. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole with this one. Is it possible to get the resin from pine beetles specifically? Because fuck those guys. (laughs) (laughs) We should look into that. (laughs) Uh, The dye has likely been tested on animals, though. So it just depends on like how strict a vegan you are if, if you're looking for vegan candies. Nerds are also vegan, except for, again, the coloring has probably been tested on animals. Um, and the uh, so one of the colors, I can't remember which one, is also made from the scales of insects. So, you know, throwback to our eating insects episode, just one more way we didn't know we were already doing it. Yeah, I think it's red, maybe, because there was a whole thing about Starbucks Frappuccinos having animal products in them, and it was like a strawberry flavor because they dyed it red or something. Oh, interesting. I mean, we'll have I'm, to check on that, but I'm not ag- against eating insects, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I landed on a soft meh on that one from our episode. <laughs> I was like, probably it's fine. Is it the solution we need? No. <laughs> Is it a solution? Sure. So 
And then I also found out while I was looking into this that refined sugar is often filtered using bone char from the meat industry. Holy shit, I had no idea. So sometimes refined sugar isn't even vegan. Oh my god. Ugh. No. Yeah, I didn't go into many details on that. I'll share a link. Uh, if anyone knows more, I mean, add us. Maybe I'm wrong. I would love to find out that refined sugar is ethical, but we we know it's not. I think the lid's been blown on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dots are vegan. Um, again, I don't know what the coloring situation is like, but they also come in the boxes. Milk duds, um, which are not vegan, so they're not super great on the carbon footprint side of things, but they do taste great. And Smarties as well. The other thing that you can look for is fair trade. There's actually quite a few lists on ethical blogs that are like, hey, if you want good candy, here's a whole bunch of them to choose from. So just, you know, fair trade Halloween candy, you can find little tiny packages. They're usually a little bit more expensive, but eh, paying people a living wage often is. What are you going to do? You could give away a can of sugary fair trade drink. Um, lots of blogs were recommending pencils and erasers. Don't be that guy. No, I don't. I don't know about you, but I never received a pencil and eraser in my Halloween bag when I was a kid and went, ooh, yay. <laughs> Not once. I mean, I was a pretty big nerd, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. I'm just saying I would take the pencil over the raisins. Oh, yeah. Raisins also come in cardboard, though, so. <laughs> Um, another idea I saw that I actually really liked was you could give uh, packages of seeds that could be fun for kids. It's like a craft with, with payoff, you know, like at the end, you've got a plant out of it. That's cute. I really like that. Yeah, I thought that was a good idea. So yeah, most Halloween candy sales are for chocolate and most chocolate sales in a year happen at Halloween. We're probably going to do a whole episode on chocolate, so I won't go into it too much here. But the gist is it's real bad for forced labor. <laughs> yeah, we also have a whole episode about sugar um, that you can listen to that will cover the chocolate side of things, the candy side of things. You know, we got you. Um, I'm going to share a link on our show notes with more information about forced and child labor in the chocolate industry. It's a huge problem, especially in uh, Cote d'Ivoire. Did I say that right? Um, <laughs> the world's largest exporter of cocoa. I should know that I'm saying it right, but I, yeah, I don't know. You could I, also just say Ivory Coast. I guess, yeah. It's, but I want it to be fancy, Kristen. <laughs> but I'll say Ivory Coast from now on. I'm pretty sure I was right, but uh, you know. Uh, but during the 2013-2014 growing season, an estimated 2 million children were used for hazardous labor throughout Ghana and Ivory Coast. So it's not a great situation, and I'm actually going to quote from slavefreechocolate.org here. In June of 2001, the U.S. House of Representatives voted to consider a labeling system to assure consumers that slave labor was not used in the production of their chocolate. The U.S. chocolate industry responded with an intense lobbying effort to ward off legislation that would require slave-free labels on their products. Because it's impossible, and they would go out of business. That last part was me. <laughs> uh, the, the, the quote ended... <laughs> But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna share the info on that. Basically, ugh, chocolate. It's usually got animal products in it. It's often made with forced labor, often with child labor. I'm gonna share some links for ethical chocolate, but we've talked extensively in previous episodes. You can check out our veganism or our vegetarian episodes about, or even our milk episode about how the animal product industry is rough. And if we're selling billions of dollars worth of chocolate every year, it's it's going to have some carbon footprint payoff there. So 
if you care about our big blue earth. Yeah. I think there's another question too, like, do you just withdraw from trick-or-treating altogether? And it's that's a lot easier if you're just like, I mean, I haven't given out candy in my apartment for years. And that that's like not really an ethical choice. It's mostly just that there have never been a lot of kids in buildings I've been in. But I mean, if it's if zero waste is something that really matters to you, maybe withdrawing from trick or treating is something you might want to do. Which sucks because it's fun. That gets really hard if you have kids. <laughs> yeah, and if you have kids, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you have kids, I don't know what you do. Um. I mean, I didn't want to just say straight out like don't give away candy this year, but yeah, ultimately that is going to be the most ethical choice. Because uh, the other things to consider here. Um, the transportation costs of having the ingredients and finished products shipped all over the world, especially like all of the extra packaging from being individually wrapped, the carbon footprint of milk, as I've mentioned, the litter from non-recyclable, non-compostable plastic packaging, and then like deforestation tied to the cocoa industry, tied to the palm oil industry, which we've talked about in a previous episode. Yeah, forced labor. Woof, guys, it's rough. Um... A lot of companies, including Nestle and Mondelez, Mondelez I, they're a huge company. I should know how to pronounce that, too. They make Sour Patch, Kids, Oreo, Ritz, Toblerone, uh, Main, Maynards, Cadbury, Chips Ahoy. Uh, they've promised to become more sustainable or fully sustainable in relation to their cocoa, but so far, no one actually has from what I found. So Yeah. We'll have to do an episode on candy because... It's such a complicated subject, I think. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to, I know, that, like, I was like, this is a Halloween episode. I'm going to give you the bullet points version of this. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it's huge. That, that was the approach I took with the decorations, too. Perfect. Let's hear about the decorations, <laughs> because all I want now is chocolate. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Halloween is the second biggest decorating holiday. The only holiday we decorate more for is Christmas. Decorations are a huge aspect of how we celebrate Halloween. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of good information out there on Halloween decorations and ethics. Most of the like most of the things that I found were guides on like how you could make your own decorations the, with the assumption that kind of like you're withdrawing from single-use decorations. But when I tried to Google human rights and like Halloween decorations, there was consistently only one story that showed up. And it was in 2018, there was an American woman who found an SOS message in a polystyrene graveyard kit that had been made in a Chinese labor camp. I saw that when I was researching uh, the Christmas lights for a forced labor, our forced labor episode. I saw, I saw that. Yeah. No. So, I mean, I think it's, um, it's indicative of what I probably I think is probably true, which is that you generally don't have good, very good working conditions for these decorations because they're they're meant to be in a lot of cases like very cheap disposable plastic items. That would lead me to believe that the labor conditions probably aren't great, especially if what you're looking for is like something that's cheap, something that you're not looking to like keep over decades you can probably assume that the labor conditions are not great. Uh, maybe it's not a Chinese labor camp. That might be an extreme. But who knows? I couldn't find anything. <laughs> I tried really hard. I feel like the supply chain for that is just so convoluted and murky that it's impossible to find out actually who makes what. 
Yeah, although I wouldn't be surprised. You had said in our forced labor episode that like almost all Christmas lights are made in like one factory in China. I wouldn't be surprised if there were like some similarities with like the plastic graveyards, the spooky spiders, you know. But unfortunately, I just wasn't I wasn't able to find any good information on that, so I can't be definitive. What I can do though is offer some tips for ethical Halloween decorations. So in general, try to avoid single-use decorations. If you must go for single-use, try to go for recyclable decorations. So things that you know not only can be recycled, but will be recycled by your local facility. There are lots of really good do-it-yourself paper decoration ideas out there. I've got links to a few of them that we'll put in the research notes. But the coolest one that I found, which... I mean, there is no reason for me to decorate beyond little pumpkin dude back here uh, because we can't have parties this year. But I really liked the idea for ghost garland that's made out of shredded paper. (laughs) You just make these little ghosts out of shredded paper and put them on a string. That's great. I love it. So maybe make that if you're, you know, looking to decorate the outside of your apartment or something. You can also try to upcycle materials for decorations. I have a few options that I'll link to in the research notes as well. But one sort of useful example might be you could cut up your egg cartons and make them into little bats. (laughs) There's a a link to that. It's super cute. You can reuse uh, tin cans and sort of like paint them and make them a spooky, you know, candle display. There are lots of options out there. The internet's your friend on this one. But then let's, like, not everybody has the capacity to store stuff, but if you do live in a place where you have the space to, like, have a Halloween box, you can try to collect Halloween decorations that you'll reuse over time. That can be a really good option. As with costumes, try to start with upcycling and secondhand decorations. That will always sort of be the most efficient use of the resources that we have on this planet. Um, And it'll also get you out of some of the ethical quagmires on human rights a little bit. If you are buying new, there are some fair trade options that you can find. So look for fair trade and also look for items that are durable and can be reused over years. Another example, so a lot of times people will need trick-or-treat containers. So you can get like a Halloween-themed trick-or-treat basket, if you're going to use that over multiple years, that might not be a bad thing. But you can alternately just, um, like, literally, my parents used to give me a pillowcase. Same. (laughs) Completely fine. You put the pillowcase back on the pillow after. (laughs) I didn't realize people used something other than pillowcases until I was an adult, because all of my friends were using pillowcases, too. Absolutely. And I... I've. I stand that choice. (laughs) I think it's great. It has greater volume than any like Halloween, any trick or treat basket you're going to find. I never filled a full pillowcase. Yeah. Sometimes I would see people with those little pumpkin buckets and I would just feel (laughs) sorry for those suckers. (laughs) Kids, get your parents. They're not listening to this podcast as we swear a lot, but (laughs) get your parents to get a pillowcase. (laughs) (laughs) So the, the last tip is, again, if you don't have the space to store decorations, and you, you still want to decorate for this year, one thing that you can do sustainably is to use natural objects. So gourds can be very festive. You can also use things like corn husks and pine cones that'll sort of look fall-ish. Um, and then you just simply eat or compost them at the end of the season. So that kind of gets you around the waste issues. 
I do want to talk specifically about pumpkins because they are a huge component of decorating for Halloween. I looked for stats elsewhere, but could only find information on the UK. So this is UK specific, but there, 99% of pumpkins are used in the when they're bought in the UK, they're used for making jack-o'-lanterns. I mean, I feel so like that's only- <laughs> not far off from us too. <laughs> no, and my, I mean, maybe my experience in the UK was biased, but um, I ate more pumpkin in the UK than I've ever eaten in Canada. So... <laughs> If it's 99% to 1% there, then it is probably even even a greater share in Canada. I didn't even know yeah. you could eat pumpkin until like recently. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, that checks out for me. Uh, by the way, while we're on the subject of pumpkins, I just want to circle back and let you know that uh, pumpkins are technically a gourd. Thank you very much. I Googled it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> With pumpkins, food waste is a huge contributor to climate change. So that's sort of like the biggest issue in terms of pumpkins, don't just trash your pumpkin. At minimum, remember to compost it. You can also try to make the most of your pumpkin by using all parts of it. So yeah, those guts that you pull out, those are totally edible. Probably your best option with that is to turn it into a pumpkin puree. Um, I'm going to link to some sort of descriptions of how you might want to do that on our research notes, but essentially if you're turning it into a puree, that means that you can then use it in pretty much any pumpkin dish because it'll be sort of the same as canned pumpkin that you might get in the store. So some examples, if you want to make pumpkin spice lattes at home, you use the pumpkin puree and pumpkin spice, and that is how you do it. You can also do like a nice pumpkin soup or there's a, a zillion baked goods out there that you can make with pureed pumpkin. What I'm going to try is a pumpkin black bean soup, which sounds really amazing, but they're like, the options are virtually limitless. There's so many things you can put pumpkin in. We didn't even list the most obvious one, which is to make pumpkin pie. Hell yeah. Pumpkin pie. Although again, (laughs) until recently, I, I just, I don't think I ever thought about pumpkin pie, but I was like, oh yeah, of course you can eat the inside of a pumpkin. Where else would pumpkin pie come from? You know how sometimes when you're a kid, you just are dumb and then you don't realize it until you're an adult and you're like, oh, how did I never think about this? Absolutely, I do. Yeah, pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is so good. I didn't have it until like, I think the first time I ate pumpkin pie was like two years ago. And, what? Uh, game changer. Yeah. I could not believe what I'd been missing for so many years. <laughs> I can't believe I, I, I'm, I'm floored. <laughs> <laughs> I need to sit with that for a minute. Yeah, my family doesn't like pumpkin pie for some reason. So um, I was at a friend's Thanksgiving and someone brought pumpkin pie. And I was like, yeah, that's a that's a thing. I should definitely know what like what it tastes like. Oh, my God. <laughs> By now. Wow. OK. Uh, and then I had like three pieces of it. So good. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. So try to use your pumpkin, make a pumpkin puree. It's not that hard. You can also toast your own pumpkin seeds. They are delicious. Um, And then after that, just compost the pumpkin. And uh, a suggestion that I found online, which I'll mention because we have a few Australian listeners, pumpkin is out of season for you guys right now. So one option is to import a pumpkin, but there are some increased carbon emissions associated with that. So another alternative, if you want to make a spooky jack-o'-lantern, is to carve a watermelon. And then bonus, you get watermelon. I don't know how I feel about that suggestion. Man, I'm glad I didn't stay in Australia. I think you should try carving a watermelon. (laughs) Yeah, so that's all I have on decorations. Nice. Well, I mean, 
everything we said was sad, but I feel like it was upbeat, you know? Yeah, you know, we think it was less depressing than most episodes. Do you have any Halloween plans or are you staying in your house, staying at home? Uh, I'm moving on November. Actually, I might be moving even in that week. So I might be moving on Halloween. Spooky. Hopefully no ghosts in your new place. (laughs) I hit specifically, so I'm moving in with somebody and he kept suggesting places with like that obviously had ghosts. And I was like, that place is haunted. We can't like that is a haunted house. (laughs) Why do you why do you want to move into a place like that? So this place should be fine. I was very, very strict about no ghosts. That's fair. You've got to have your your lines. For me, it's dishwasher, but for other people, ghosts. Yeah, for us, it was <laughs> ghosts and then dishwasher. But what are you doing for Halloween? I don't think anything. We've been told very clearly to stay at home. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting. I'm like over here in BC, like, oh, yeah, I could go to a party if I wanted, even though our cases are alarmingly like rising. But no official lockdowns yet for us, as of this recording anyways. <laughs> Who knows what, when this comes out and what things will be like. Yeah, for Thanksgiving, um, uh, I went to visit two friends in Toronto. And while we were on the train, the premier is like, gave this announcement saying, you should not do regional travel except for like essential purposes. And I was like, well, I'm on the train now. <laughs> like, I'm committed. Sorry. I'll be careful. Yeah. You can't just get off. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's really bad here. So probably I won't do anything for Halloween. I have made my nice festive pumpkin, though. Yeah, you'll have company. That was a sad thing that I just said. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh- <laughs> Are you going to name your pumpkin? Yeah, Herbert, I think. Seems like a good owl name. <gasps> That's the name I was thinking about. Really? No way. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Weird. Oh, man. Spooky. Mm. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) I I hope everybody has a happy Halloween. I hope you make ethical choices. I hope that you make good choices considering we are in a pandemic as well. It sucks this year, but maybe next year or the year after. Who knows? We can go real hard to make up for it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just listen to whatever your public health officials are saying about what you should be doing this Halloween, because I think it's probably pretty different everywhere. Uh, If you're an international listener, you know, add us at Pullback uh, Podcast on Twitter and you can let us know how you're doing. (laughs) But only nice messages, please. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, and for American listeners, we're we're sorry if the the spookiest part of your Halloween is your elections. We get it. (laughs) Whoa. All right. Well, on that note, (laughs) catch you guys on the next one. (laughs) Wasn't less depressing than our Christmas episode. That's really the bar. I think so. (laughs) It's hard to remember that one because we had to record it twice. So (laughs) I blacked out on most of that one. It took like like six hours. (laughs) I forgot that that was that episode where that happened. Uh, yeah.